The purpose of Retire with Style is to help you discover the retirement income plan that is right for you. The first step is to discover your retirement income personality. Start by going to resaprofile.com style and sign up to take the industry's first financial personality tool for retirement planning. Well, the 4th of July is come and gone, and I guess I owe Wade 10 bucks. Alex didn't lose any of his fingers this weekend. Where are the odds? Hey, everyone. Welcome to Retire With Style. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my very trusted companion, Wade Fow. And today, there you go, to continue our series on uh, the Risa in Action, uh, we have here another very special guest, Michael Demke from Third Tier Wealth Management. No, he did Hello, the jazz guys. hands. He did the jazz hands. <laughs> hey, 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 Michael. Well, hi. Yeah, Michael, uh, before we begin, and you know, we always find it better instead of Wade or myself reading some sort of scripted intro, do you mind uh, going into your origin story a little bit just to give some context into uh, – into what's behind third tier wealth management. So those listening in will be able to, uh, you know, follow along maybe a little better. Sure. Sure. From, let's see. I started off, uh, years ago. I was a 20 year, uh, wholesale mortgage banker, uh, 11 year insurance company owner. And during COVID, uh, we expanded, opened up a second company and, uh, got into wealth management. So based out of uh, Bergen County, New Jersey, and our goal is to help people as much as we possibly can with all things financial. There it is. And look, one of the reasons, I, again, this is kind of what we're doing, the special series on the Risa in action, is that we really want to shine a light about, you know, the real advisors that make a difference, not necessarily those that are on some sort of uh, national stand or, or whatever. The, the real advisors really are, are, are folks like Michael that – Really, just love getting into it with clients, and you'll see today that it, you know, it'll, it'll become apparent uh, why we're doing this uh, with regards to the focus on the RISA and its its actual application. And uh, I don't know how do you want to take it away, Wade? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, Michael. So you're one of the love having you on the show because you've really taken to using the RISA as part of your firm. And we really just want to have a discussion about the whole process of what brought you to the RISA, um, how you use it, kind of experiences you've had and all that. I don't know where to begin precise with that. I think you mentioned beforehand you had a, a before and after RISA kind of experience. Maybe that would be a, a good place to start with that that story. Sure, sure. Well, I, I will tell you for years I was helping people uh, focus on their retirement income. And it would be a series of interviews and meetings that we would have, and we'd have a conversation. And I'd try and draw as much information out of people as I could so I can best help them. And it was not a perfect system because people come with biases, and sometimes they answer in ways they think they want you, what you, what they believe that they think you want to hear. Um, 
And when I first heard about the RISA, what got my attention was, wow, you guys really did something different here. Um, it's no longer me asking somebody questions and them giving me back responses they think I want to hear, but now we're really getting inside their mind and getting inside the heart of the matter or what's important to them. And if it's important to them, it, it's important to me because it allows me to help them in a way that um, is most meaningful, I think. Um, because when all is said and done, there's more than one right way to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish here. There are a lot of tools at our disposal, but the best planning is the plan that they feel most comfortable with because that's the one they'll stick with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very much in line with the way we approach things too. And I've always had to be that way being the director of the RACP program with, <laughs> there's a lot of different approaches to retirement. And yeah, that, that's a great way to state that idea that, at the end of the day, there are different viable approaches. We, we do have to find the approach that people are most comfortable with. Uh, so, um, Alex, <laughs> <laughs> hand it back over to you. <laughs> all right, all right. We're doing the sort of the, the relay race here. No, that, that's great, Michael. Uh, what was – I think one of the one of the feedback, some of the feedback we've gotten from a lot of advisors – is how the RISA has facilitated, let's say, discovery meetings, if you will. And, and I think you've alluded to it earlier. Has that helped with the rapport building perspective? And how important is that from having, you know, developing rapport in, in terms of having someone follow through with a plan? Yeah, I think it has. And, and the reason why I think that is because I've seen it firsthand, right? When you're, when you're sitting and you're speaking with a couple and – you know, they come with their own biases and their own concerns, and they don't really open up until they're able to get some level of trust with you. And it's pretty hard to establish trust really quickly. And what the RISA allows me to do is it eliminates even any biases that I might have uh, as an advisor working with certain products over the years, and it allows me to tailor my approach to the individuals there in front of me. Um, because it's their answers, right? It's yeah. the conversations they've had themselves and what's important to them. What surprised me was um, when couples have different opinions, right? Yeah, um, yeah, great point. A, and, you know, the husband, I, I can think of a perfect example of a, a couple that sat with me one time. And um, the husband always handled the finances and the wife let him. <laughs> Uh, and he was very confident in what he was doing. And, and, but he was also 10 years older than her. And while he had a, a high degree of confidence, uh, she was a little bit more nervous about the future. And she was a little bit more concerned about, are they going to be all right? And it really didn't come out. And I don't think it even registered with him until I had both of them complete their own Reese's. And they were on opposite ends of the spectrum. But they never really talked about it, Right. And suddenly now there's a talking point during a meeting where they looked over at each other and they're like, I didn't realize that you felt that way. And what was the spectrum? Sure. Do, you, do you know? Just do you remember? Uh, yeah, he was uh, more self-directed, um, of course, right? Confident yeah. in his own ability. And she was probably more of a delegator. She was happy. She wanted to know what was going on and she was happy having somebody else handle things. But she also recognized that he was 10 years older. Unfortunately for 
women, guys don't live as long as women do typically. And she was already thinking ahead, whereas he wasn't even thinking about it at all. Yeah. yeah. And it allowed us to, to put a plan in place that satisfied her concerns and still allowed him to, to do what he's good at doing. While yeah, so, he's there, still here. so there's two things going on here because you're using the term uh, self-directed uh, and she was more of a delegator. And so what we're doing, and, and for those listening in, the, the reason – the RISA itself is really how you want to source retirement income, where it's identifying a strategy, be it total return, time segmentation, which is bucketing, risk wrap, or income protection. There's another component to the battery that we've added that we refer to as the implementation matrix, and that's where it identifies what kind of investor persona you are. So once you know your strategy, you want to get into how you're going to implement. And there, we're able to bring in financial retirement income self-efficacy and uh, how useful is an advisor from a cost-effective standpoint? And that leads that leads to four personas, which are very common in the industry. There's just I don't think there's been a way to systematize it like this. And so, what you're pointing out, Michael, is that you know, you know, subject to whatever retirement income style they had, they wanted to implement it differently, right? The older gentleman, uh, division of labor, what have you, he was running the numbers, and he's a self-directed person. Whereas the the spouse was more of a delegator. And so that obviously changes the dynamic, especially for that next phase, right? For, for sure. Yeah, it allowed me to be sensitive to what her needs were and um, not talk down to anybody and address them and make sure we had a plan that worked for both of them. Instead of, I would say in the past, what I would probably do is make my recommendation based on the observations that I had from them in front of me and usually when people are speaking in front of you, from more often than not, they're lockstep. Yeah, uh, yeah. And without the Risa, I don't know that her concerns would have been revealed because I think he handled more of the conversation and she took more of a backseat. And this, this gave her a voice, which I thought was really important. You know what's interesting? And, and I, I see, I've seen this in McLean Asset Management, but I'm curious if you see this too. Sometimes there's a... You know, when a couple's come in, sometimes what happens is somebody has like, let's say it's the male spouse, right? He's kind of blown up the portfolio. And, and the, the wife is like, hey, you got to see somebody. We're, we're seeing somebody because that's it. You know, that kind of thing. There's that. But there's also sometimes there's there's a recognition by the by a male spouse. Most of the time, I don't want to generalize and, and the type, but you know, it's a division of labor and you just see a propensity of the male spouse kind of leads the way when it comes to this. But I think there's an internal recognition of the hit by the bus insurance that they start contemplating. They're, they're self-directed, but they realize I need, I need, I need to start getting a sounding board. Not that I need it, you know, but if something ever happens to me, I know that, you know, someone can take the reins you know, and help my spouse. And it's not that my spouse can't add one and one plus one is two. It's more the spouse has never done it. They don't have the experience or they don't have the interest kind of thing. Did you see that with with your person or no, that that, that didn't even like come into consideration? Uh, no, I did see it to some extent. I saw a light bulb go off where he realized, OK, well, and, and listen, do it yourselfers. God bless them. I, I love do-it-yourselfers. They're good at what they do. They focus very well on the accumulation. 
but they don't always necessarily have a plan on the other side of the, the fence. And that's actually one of the things that I focus cool. on very heavily when I'm working. Advisors don't have a plan on the other side of the fence. Many advisors don't have a plan on the other side. Well, my area of focus that I, I spend a lot of energy on are f- with people that are 50 plus, pre-retirees that are starting to think ahead. And they realize maybe over a lifetime they've worked 80,000 hours, right? And they've maybe spent... A, less than 1% actually spending any energy on how are they going to get all that money out? They Michael, by the, the way, Wade, Wade does that in three years. <laughs> Wade does that in three years. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So it does open up the conversation that might not have been had otherwise. And I like that a lot because it makes it more uh, collaborative. I like the give and take of the relationship instead of me being the only one talking and they either like it or they don't like it. Now I can work with them instead of in a different way. No, I understand. And and going back to self-directed investors, I mean, my, my, my comment is always, look, if you have the passion for it, you can learn it. That's, that's not the issue. I, I like other than like astrophysics or something like that, you know, every, you know, most people have the capacity to be able to digest this information, but there's a difference, right? Between knowledge and wisdom. I, I think the saying goes that, uh, uh, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that, that kind of thing. And uh, that's what you see lacking a lot of times, you know, when, when it comes to self-directed investors. I, I, that's just my take. Wait. Yeah, well, Michael, in that case as well, I, I don't know if it applies here, but we do also find with couples, maybe not just the different financial implementation of self-directed versus delegator, but they may fundamentally have a different retirement income style. And I don't know if you saw that in this particular case, uh, but I think a typical example we experience is one, because the most common strategies are the the total return and the income protection, that you have one spouse is more total return investment oriented, looking for that upside growth opportunity, uh, looking for that optionality. And then the other spouse tends to be more income protection, wanting contractual protections, being comfortable committing to a strategy, not necessarily focused solely on upside. And it can be a real shocker to the spouse who may, in this case, the the self-directed spouse may have been more of total returns oriented and never having realized that uh, being 10 years older in this case as well, that there should be some sort of income protection plan in place. Because not just like you said, the the idea of the self-directed investor recognizing the, the spouse may want some help at some point, but also just the whole idea of loss of a spouse is a very stressful time. And if someone who hadn't been running the family finances suddenly has control while also dealing with the grief of loss and so forth, that maybe it's important to <laughs> build some sort of bridge when the spouses may not have that same retirement income style as well. Was that an example in that case? Or, because I think I, it's common. I think so. Um, what what I like about the RISA is it allowed us, and you're right, he, he was a total return. Uh, he believed in the market, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but he didn't necessarily see some of the blind spots. And I think the RISA opened up that conversation where we spoke about the the possible headwinds we could be facing in the future with the increased volatility we've seen in the markets, with global instability. Um, yeah, you're a total return. And, and his expectation was, well, you know, for the past bunch of years, I've been making 
Well, <laughs> that's wonderful, but that doesn't mean that's what's going to continue going forward. I mean, we're dealing with increased volatility, um, government that that can't seem to get along no matter what side they're on. Uh, you know, so again, that conversation opened up and it did lead to securing uh, an income solution for both of them. And it was different, right? For him, we focused more on an accumulation uh, product that gave him principal protection that would protect us from downside risk. And for her, she was looking for more of a lifetime income guarantee. And to me, it doesn't matter. To me, I'm product agnostic. I mean, as a fiduciary, my main concern is finding the best product that's going to meet their needs with the appropriate levels of risk. And this helped to de-risk them a little bit and create stability in the future. Are you a financial professional looking to learn more about the RISA and retirement income best practices? Well, if you are, you should join our Retirement Income Masterclass on Monday, August 28th and Tuesday, August 29th. You can sign up at risaprofile.com slash advisors. That's risaprofile.com slash advisors. You did an interesting thing here. So instead of, and sometimes when, when Wade and I do webinars, we kind of, when there's diametrically opposed folks, we kind of try to come up, we, we, our use case, our case study is one in which we come up with, hey, this is something that's down the middle a little bit for both of them, a strategy that accommodates both things. And you can make the case you did that yourself right now. But what you did was interesting, which is you earmarked something for him and you earmarked something for her. Right. And, and yeah. there you have it. Blended, you can make the case that has characteristics of something mm-hmm. in the middle, but you kind of went that route. You just did two things instead of one thing for both of them. That was yeah, kind of and, cool. And sometimes, and sometimes we wind up doing that, right? We do come up with a blended solution. Uh, just in the conversation that we had, this made her feel better. Oh, absolutely. And like, and like I said, I don't care. Uh, it doesn't matter to me as long as we provide that solution. Uh, I'll find the right one that's going to fit her personality and her style and her approach. And I think the difference in age was a big factor, too, with him being 10 mm. years senior. Senior, um, I, I wanted to be sensitive to that. No, that's great. And Michael, let's take a little moment here for, uh, you know, the old infomercial for yourself. So because you're coming on here telling us your story and, you know, it's it's a great one at that. How can someone find out more about you and your firm? Well, you can find us on the web. Uh, Our website is thirdtierwealth.com, and that's third spelled out, T-H-I-R-D-T-I-E-R-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. And we also launched a YouTube channel a couple months ago. Uh, That's been fun. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be a famous influencer selling toothpaste or something. I don't know. (laughs) But... um, it's, it's kind of interesting. We started doing videos uh, where uh, it was just a casual conversation I had with one of the executives uh, behind the scenes. And uh, we were talking about, well, what are you going to have for content? And I said, I, I really don't know. And uh, the gentleman happened to have written a book called 27 Principles Every Investor Should Know. And it's a simple, straightforward book. And he said, well, why don't you use my book? And you've got 27 days of content at the very least. <laughs> so that's something that we're doing that you can find me out there. Um, it's going to morph and expand as we continue forward. Um, I think it's a great forum of getting a lot of feedback from people that uh, they want more information in uh, 
two and three and four minute, you know, snippets to help them understand basic things because they're not always so quick to raise their hand and say they don't know. Right. So <laughs> and there's a lot of bad stuff that's out on the Internet. Let me so we're actually gonna... let, me, let me let me ask you about that simply because you know about this and and I think it runs with what you're working on. Our, our podcast, I say many times, I, I would say two-thirds consumers, one-third advisors, if you will. So I think this is irrelevant for both. Is there a caveat emptor you could give consumers? Because right now, the demographics of our consumers are, are probably folks 45 plus. You know, they're not, they're not the TikTokers that are 20 years old finding out how to make, you know, flip real estate and, you know, that, that kind of stuff, trade crypto and, and things along those lines. They're, they're <laughs> folks that are, you know, retirement income, right? But little by little, they're expanding the purview of their search, right? Beyond just right. Google things. Uh, obviously, there's AI, but, you know, maybe they're, you know, because you can screencast so many things right now from your phone. Maybe YouTube is actually a quote unquote legitimate channel that people can start understanding things with. As you've been researching your YouTube stuff, I'm sure you've seen things where you're like aghast at, at, at certain things. What, what are some uh, pros and cons that you can provide to consumers as they're kind of curating through this world, if you will? I Listen, I think you have to take everything with a grain of salt, right? Um, yeah. a, a lot of the people that, that speak or influencers, they're not necessarily trained or licensed in the areas they speak about. And there's so many of them. I'm not sure that regulation has caught up and, and gone after these people. Um, anytime I hear claims of everything of this is, is good or everything is bad, I don't usually speak in absolutes, right? In, in I the never. Real world, <laughs> in the real world, I mean, there's things that apply and, and things that don't apply. And, and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. So, yeah, I, I would just say just... Tread cautiously, but if something piques your interest, you know, look, look, look further and maybe speak with a professional about it and see if it has any merit. Maybe we can explore it, see if it makes sense for them. And to find your YouTube channel, should they search for third tier wealth or is there a better search term yeah, to use so for that? My formal company name is third tier wealth management, but for brevity and to make it easier to find third tier wealth will get you right to the channel and you'll see my face right there. Um, and if you have any ideas, you can always send me an email, uh, info at thirdtierwealth.com, and I'll be happy to do a video specifically on certain topics and, and see if I can kind of add to it. And I would say this, uh, I've been interacting with Michael for quite a while, and a lot of you are hearing him, but I will definitely, you should definitely take him up, take him up on the offer to see his face, because it's a very lovely one at that. <laughs> Somebody said I had a face for radio, but yeah, I wasn't yeah, quite yeah. sure what that meant. Hey, man, that's what I've been saying every time. That's my like, go-to like, <laughs> like shtick line, but you know, you beat me to it. <laughs> uh, I think I used that with Pistol when, when we were talking to him, Wade. Uh, no, that's great. Yeah. And you, you said that there was a there was a before and after in Risa in terms of how you, you know, how you spoke with clients. Do you see that potentially affecting your marketing approach too? Like this is how I like to market now from a Risa standpoint, just because I'm trying to give I'm trying to help advisors conceptualize where within the process of prospecting or talking to clients, the Risa makes sense. And where is it effective for a consumer to actually take it? So when they work with an advisor, they feel comfortable that they're on the right path. Um, I would say 
I lost my train of thought for a second there, but I, I think it has changed. Has it changed my approach? Yes, because I think it's more open-ended now. It allows me to be much more holistic. I mean, as, as often as we hear the term holistic, uh, an advisor's biases can creep in. This allows me to keep my biases out of it. And I can also hold it up to people and say, this is really what you decided, not me. Now that I know this is how you feel or, or, or what you are gravitating toward, I will go find that solution. And it allows me to do a better job and remain neutral about the solutions. And I think that's great. It's a win for everybody. It's a win for me. And it's a win for the clients as well, because they know that I'm listening. I'm not just telling them what the solution should be. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Wait. And has this also impacted just at a personal level? When were you surprised by your own retirement income style or did that have any sort of impact on you in that <laughs> aspect? Um, it, Did it you see McLean asset management now as a phrase advice? No. I, I wouldn't say it surprised <laughs> me about my own income style, although, of course, I went through it and I, I saw the results. Um, it was more so that it helped me with with clients. And I, I think anything that that can help eliminate skepticism, um, I think one of the biggest problems that we, we run into when people come in, I think we're all a product of, of those that are around us, right? Mm -hmm. We get advice from friends. We get advice from neighbors. We, you know, how often does somebody come in and say, well, I, I spoke to my neighbor and he said, this is good or this is bad. Well, is he a financial advisor? No. Okay. But he has a lot of money. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's a qualifier for he, they know something or, or don't know something. But I, I like the Risa because it's not me telling them. It's, it's them telling me and then me working the solution backwards, right? No, I, so, I, I, I think you're 100% right. And that's, that's kind of a reoccurring motif of what yeah. we've been hearing. I mean, if, well. if we can eliminate skepticism or, or what the motivation is for the recommendation, then that allows them to hear the solution and then hopefully implement it, right? Because they're going to ultimately benefit from the outcome. And at the end of the day, I'm here to help people get to that finish line. I mean, if you spend 80,000 hours of your life working, it's really, really important that you get it right on the other end, right? Because oh, that absolutely. money's going to last 20, 30 years in retirement if you do it right. <laughs> oh, I hear so, you. Has... Has anyone taken the RISA and been surprised where they've come out at and maybe even has affected the ultimate solution that they that they selected? Yeah, for sure. I've seen people say, I, I didn't realize that that's what I was. But now that I see it in writing, it makes sense. And they didn't know the, the reasoning behind it uh, until they see it all verbalized. When you see the printout and the explanation, uh, then suddenly they can connect the dots. It's like getting the answers to the test. Oh, okay, that's why I'm that way. Oh, that's why he's that way. And I think it uh, it allows, in the case of the couple that was on opposite ends of the spectrum, it allowed them to relate to each other from a different way, in a different yeah. way. Rather than say, oh, no, you're being silly. Well, no, they're not being silly. That's just how they feel. So... No, I, I think that's a good point. I, I think some 
Wade and I experienced this when people were taking, when we started the whole project and everything, and we were giving people all these questions, some of the feedback that we, we got was, even if we didn't have the output, just the process of thinking about the trade-offs as you're filling out the questions. Because for oh, those fine. listening in, I mean, in the reset, when you take the reset, there's, it's done through semantic differential, which is there's a question on the, there's a statement on the left-hand side, a statement on the right-hand side. And you select the one you most closely align with, right? And uh, we don't allow you to, you know, just split the middle here. You have to pick, pick kind of a side, you know, so there's like six bubbles, if you want. And, uh, and, and just even if they didn't see the output, of the accumulated and of their accumulated answers, just the fact that they had to answer those one by one and think about the trade-offs. The feedback we got was like that alone was kind of like eye-opening in the sense of their learning. They're learning, learning so. things that they never really thought of. That we've got that a lot, which is kind of nice, you know, from, from our perspective. Yeah, I listen when I when I see complexity in retirement plans and and. and I, I see opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And I see opportunities in ways to help people that maybe from a do-it-yourself perspective that they might not see themselves because their focus has always been accumulation. They're not necessarily thinking about all the others, you know, what ifs. And, and here we can address a lot of the what ifs before they are upon us. And it gives us a lot more opportunities to avert them and avoid them. Uh, I think that's a win. No, oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I hope people listening in just feel the warmth of your voice and, uh, you know, how how approachable you are. And because I, I, I think I think with this in hand and then your, your general style, I mean, you know, it's a very compelling sort of offer, you know, that you provide. And and just to begin to wrap wrap it up, Michael, what, what do you think as I'm going to have wait, if you don't mind, maybe you can take us home afterwards with uh, the, the Risa infomercial masterclass if you will, but how would, you know, we're setting up for a, you know, late August sort of masterclass. How would you describe it to another advisor if you had the opportunity? Uh, A tool that allows you to connect in a a much deeper, more meaningful way. Uh, I think it, it leads to better outcomes in the long run and, and plans that, are more likely to be adhered to, right? Oh, that's no, no. I, I agree. The adhered to part is something that we're always <laughs> sort of using the phrase: if you offer something that people resonate with, you're starting from the right place, if I think you so. will. Yeah, and and wait, let me call on a audible here. Have you had to? Because <laughs> one, one thing, something that happens a lot is, you know, the Risa obviously it says this is your profile, and then it points to a strategy. But we're adamant in saying that's not a rubber stamp. It's just a starting point. This is a soft science. This isn't a hard kind of engineering exercise, right? Especially in psychology. It's, you know, the best you could do is kind of be directionally correct. And so how do you treat this? Do you treat these the outputs as a starting point that evolves into something, in, into a, a plan that's a little different? Or is it usually – or I don't know, just what that – what this – you don't mind describing that process when you when you've taken somebody from discovery all the way through actually plan implementation. How many degrees of separation do you kind of end up from what Theresa originally pointed to? Not not usually very far, but I, I don't treat it as an absolute. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a real people in the real world, and I think what winds up happening is it, it does. It's the start of the discussion. 
uh, and it's something that we can circle back to later if, if we ever forget why we made those decisions. Um, it it kind of acts as a reminder. And, and people's style or approach can change also, right, based on circumstances. Uh, I don't know that somebody taking the RISA would take the same RISA after two years of market downturn, right? They might, their perspective might change. And then you've got to adapt accordingly. So people aren't static. They're, they don't just hold one set of beliefs their entire life and never deviate from that, right? So it's, it's the conversation that's more important than the results. But the most important thing is that the conversation is being had. No, no. Uh, thanks. Wait. Yeah, and I mean, that's an interesting point. And certainly you do see with the risk tolerance questionnaires that people's answers can change or still hope. It seems that the RISA can be more like a personality characteristic that doesn't change, but uh, you never know. So it is always worth revisiting those questions. And and thank you for, for sharing your experiences with us. I guess the infomercial, if advisors would like to learn more about the RISA, we are running the masterclass uh, it starts August 28th. The, the, there's CE credit if you attend the first two days, the 28th and the 29th. And then we have a third day as well that's now been added, I understand, from the <laughs> recent promotional materials. So if you visit <laughs> uh, resaprofile.com or, or look in the show notes, you'll get the specific link to, to sign up for the masterclass. Uh, thank you so much, Michael, for sharing your experiences. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Retire with Style. Yeah, and, and no, no, no worries. And, and, and Michael, real quick, if any, if, if they're consumers and they want to listen, they want to take the RISA, just get on Michael's site, and uh, I'm sure there's a contact us form that you guys that you can take it away from there. Is that correct, Michael? Absolutely, you can make an appointment on my calendar. We'll talk about it, and we'll make sure we get them an assessment. All right. Hey, thank you for for these moments, Michael. I really, really, really appreciate you taking a moment out of your day to talk with us. Thank you for having me. Bye bye. Wade and Alex are both principals in McLean Asset Management and Retirement Researcher. Both are SEC-registered investment advisors located in Tysons, Virginia. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational and educational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific securities. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor. All investing comes with a risk, including risk of loss. Past performance does not guarantee future results. 